This is the Sunday Sermon Series for the second Sunday after Epiphany in the traditional Latin Mass calendar. The epistle is taken from Romans chapter 12, verse 6 to 16. Brethren, we have gifts differing according to the grace that has been given us, such as prophecy to be used according to the proportion of faith, or ministry in ministering, or he who teaches in teaching, he who exhorts in exhorting, he who gives in simplicity, he who presides with carefulness, he who shows mercy with cheerfulness, let love be without pretense, hate what is evil, hold to what is good, love one another with honor, be not slothful in zeal, be fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, be patient in tribulation, persevering in prayer, share the needs of the saints, practicing hospitality, bless those who persecute you, bless and do not curse, rejoice with those who rejoice, Weep with those who weep. Be of one mind towards one another. Do not set your mind on high things, but condescend to the lowly. A continuation of the Holy Gospel according to St. John chapter 2, verses 1-11. through 11. At that time, a marriage took place at Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Now Jesus too was invited to the marriage and also his disciples. And the wine having run short... The mother of Jesus said to him, They have no wine. And Jesus said to her, What would you have me do, woman? My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the attendants, Do whatever he tells you. Now six stone water jars were placed there, after the Jewish manner of purification, each holding two or three measures. Jesus said to them, Fill the jars with water. And they filled them to the brim. And Jesus said to them, Draw out now and take to the chief steward. And they took it to him. Now when the chief steward had tasted the water after it had become wine, not knowing whence it was, though the attendants who had drawn the water knew, the chief steward called the bridegroom and said to him, Every man at first sets forth the good wine, and when they have drunk freely, then that which is poorer. But you have kept the good wine until now. First of his signs, Jesus worked at Cana of Galilee, and he manifested his glory, and his disciples believed in him. Thus are the words of the Holy Gospel. Well, God bless you. Happy New Year. Happy Epiphany season. Sorry, we, we missed a few weeks there. We had a family emergency on my end, and I was on silent retreat. So do be patient in me getting back to mail and emails and texts. We now begin, and I think I'm going to start these sermons with a Hail Mary. You can respond with the second half or say the whole thing with me. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Now, you know, we often hear sermons, good sermons, on how if you run out of charity, you can ask the Immaculate Virgin Mary to turn your water into wine. And I like this. I'm not going to rip on that sermon we've heard a lot. I have preached that, and I even pray that. I often make such a prayer to Mary that says, Mary, I am so low on love. Please ask Jesus to turn the stale water of my life into his divine charity. Or usually something a little bit more simple than that. But if you look closely at the miracle of Cana today, that's the gospel here on the second Sunday after Epiphany, the charity, the love, is all directed at someone else, not just the increase of our virtue. So while it's great 
to ask Mary to ask Jesus to increase our faith, hope, and charity, because that's essentially what is going to determine our level of glory in heaven if we make it there, please God, is our level of faith, hope, and charity. Today, Mary is interceding for someone else. And for that reason, I want to tell you the story of how Herman Cohen asked Mary to ask Jesus to do a very special favor for a family member of his. Now, perhaps about half of you know the story of Herman Cohen. He was a 19th century Jewish musical star of Europe, and he lived the bad life of any rock star of Europe in the 19th century. But one day, he was asked to play benediction at a Catholic church. He had a miraculous conversion. There's a great sermon by Father Wolf out there on that. Father Isaac tells this account very well, and we won't go into that today, but he had a miraculous conversion in that church, and he was later baptized and later ordained a Catholic priest. In fact, a Carmelite priest. He entered the Carmelites. But unfortunately, his own mother died a Jew without baptism. Now, as I tell you the story, keep in mind that the following account includes old school saints. These old school saints didn't say silly things about people dying like, everyone goes to heaven, or I saw a bird fly off at my uncle's funeral, so I know he's in heaven, even though he didn't go to mass the past 40 years, or... My grandpa died two weeks ago, and he was in purgatory for a week, but a week ago he went to heaven. How do you know that? I felt it. I felt him go to heaven. So all these are modernist, modernist ideas of each one of us thinking we're these pseudo-mystics based on feelings. It's not based on the old-school private revelations given to us by saints who are working miracles. Well, the account of Mary working a miracle for Father Herman that you're about to hear the reason I think it's totally believable is because there is an old school saint involved in this story who did work many miracles, and that saint is St. John Vianney. The Transalpine Redemptorists got their hands on this letter from St. John Vianney to Father Herman about Father Herman, also known in religion as Augustine Mary of the Blessed Sacrament, a Carmelite. And I'm going to read you from the work of the Transalpine Redemptorists and the letter they have from St. John Vianney. As I read this, remember, this was in the 19th century when Father Cohen was pretty sure his mom dying without baptism was in hell. Why? Because these two priests, Father Augustine Mary the Carmelite, that is Herman Cohen, the former rock star become Carmelite, and St. John Vianney, they both knew very well that water baptism was necessary for salvation, except for rare cases of someone dying in perfect contrition or sorrow for their sins, a gift only God can give, which is tantamount to baptism by desire. Nobody can say by their, be saved by their good works. It must be grace, be it baptism by water, baptism by blood, those are the martyrs that died for Jesus before they were baptized with water, or baptism by desire. So what does this have to do with today's reading? Well, at Cana, we heard Mary come to Jesus begging a favor. They have no wine. She says of this newly married couple, Well, Jesus, he will not say no to his own mother 2,000 years ago, and so also in the 19th century with this Jewish rock star become Carmelite priest, and so also I believe this is true for you today, you who are so worried about the salvation of certain loved ones in your own life, we enter this story in Germany and France 
in the year of our Lord, 1855. Father Herman Cohen has been converted, baptized, and ordained a Carmelite priest, but his Jewish mother is in her final day on earth, as we read. The last moments for Mrs. Cohen arrived on the 13th of December, 1855. Father Herman was preaching Advent in Lyon at the time, and he announced this sad news to his friend in these terms. God has struck a terrible blow to my heart. My poor mother is dead, and I remain in incertitude. However, we have so much prayed that we must hope that something is passed between her soul and God during these last moments that we cannot know about. We can easily imagine the pain of Father Herman in learning of the death of his mother. He had so much prayed and so much had prayers for her conversion, and she came to appear before the tribunal of God without having received holy baptism. I also have a mother, would he write one day. I have left her to follow Jesus Christ. She no longer calls me her good son. Already her hair is silvered, already her brow is furrowed, and I'm afraid to see her die. Oh no, I would not like to see her die before loving Jesus Christ. And already for many years I await for my mother, that which Monica waited for Augustine. God seemed to have despised all his prayers and rejected his loving and legitimate desires. His faith and his love were put through a harsh trial. Nevertheless, if his sorrow was deep, his hope in the infinite goodness of God would not allow itself to be struck down. A short time later, after his mother's death, he, conf he confided to the cure of our St. John Marie Vianney his worry about the death of his poor mother who died without the grace of baptism. Hope, replied the man of God, hope you will receive one day on the Feast of the Immaculate Conception a letter that will bring you great consolation. These words were almost forgotten when on the 8th of December, 1861, six years after the death of his mother, a priest of the Company of Jesus, the Jesuits, handed to Father Herman the following letter. In parentheses, the Transalpine Redemptorists say, the person who wrote this letter died in the odor of sanctity. She was well known in the religious and ascetical world by her written works on the Eucharist. In parentheses, the letter read, on the 18th of October, after Holy Communion, I found myself in one of those moments of intimate union with our Lord, where he made me so feel his presence in the sacrament of his love that faith seemed no longer necessary to believe him there. After a short time, he had me hear his voice, and he wanted to give me some explanations relative to a conversation that I had the night before. I remember that in that conversation, one of my friends had manifested her surprise that our Lord who has promised to accord everything to prayer, had, however, remained deaf to those of Reverend Father Herman, who had so many times addressed him to obtain the conversion of his mother. Her surprise went almost as far as discontentment, and I had had difficulty in having her understand that we must adore the justice of God and not to seek to penetrate its secrets. I dared to ask of my Jesus how it was that he, who is goodness himself, had been able to resist the prayers of Father Herman and not grant the conversion of his mother. This was our Lord's response. Why does Anna always want to sound the secrets of my justice, and why does she seek to penetrate mysteries that she cannot comprehend? Tell her that I do not owe my grace to anyone, that I give it to whom I please, and that in acting in this way I do not cease to be just and justice itself. But that she may know... Rather than not keep the promises that I have made to prayer, 
I will upset heaven and earth, and that every prayer that has my glory and the salvation of souls for object is always heard when it is clothed in necessary qualities. Christ added, And to provide to you this truth, I willingly make known that which passed at the moment of the death of the mother of Father Herman. My Jesus then enlightened me with a ray of his divine light and had me understand, or rather, to see in him that which I want to try to relate. At the moment where the mother of Father Herman was on the point of rendering her last breath, at the moment that she seemed deprived of awareness, almost without life, Mary, our good mother, presented herself before her divine son and prostrate at his feet. She said to him, Pardon and mercy, O my son, for this soul who is going to perish, yet another instant and she will be lost, lost for eternity. I beseech you, do for the mother of my servant Herman that which you would like to be done for your own. If she was in her place and if you were in his, the soul of his mother is his most precious good. He has consecrated her to me a thousand times. He has consecrated her to the tenderness and solicitude of my heart. Could I suffer her to perish? No, no, this soul is mine. I will it. I claim it as an inheritance, as the price of your blood and of my sufferings at the foot of your cross. Hardly had the sacred suppliant ceased speaking when a strong, powerful grace came forth from the source of all graces, from the adorable heart of Jesus, and came to enlighten the soul of the poor dying Jewess, instantly triumphing over her stubbornness and resistances. This soul immediately turned herself with loving confidence toward him whose mercy had pursued her as far as the arms of death and said to him, O Jesus, God of the Christians, God whom my son adores, I believe, I hope in thee, have pity on me. And this cry, heard by God alone, and which came from the intimate depths of the heart of the dying woman, were enclosed, the sincere sorrow for her obstination and for her sins, the desire of baptism, the express will to receive it, and to live according to the rules and precepts of our holy religion, if she had been able to return to life. This leap of faith and hope in Jesus was the last sentiment of that soul. It was made at the moment when she brought towards the throne of the divine mercy, breaking away the weak bonds which held her to her mortal casing, she fell at the feet of him who had been her savior a moment before being her judge. After having showed me all these things, our Lord added, Make this known to Father Herman. It is a consolation that I wish to accord to his long sorrows, so that he will bless and have blessed everywhere the goodness of the heart of my mother and her power over mine. Totally unknown to Reverend Father Herman, the poor invalid who had just now penned these lines is happy to think that she has perhaps spread a little consolation and balm on the still bleeding wound of the heart of this son and priest. She dares to ask the alms of his fervent prayers, and she likes to believe that he will not refuse to one who, even though unknown to him, is united to him by the sacred bonds of the same faith and of the same hopes. What appears to add great authority to this letter is that it had been announced six years in advance by the Reverend Curiabars St. John Vianney. Father David here again. So do not let this true account make you lazy about converting family members and friends and enemies to Christ and the Catholic Church, because again, normally, people do need baptism and confession to be saved. So do not let this story lead you to presumption of God's mercy, because again, this is baptism of desires you heard in that account. But in your life, if evangelization has failed, and teaching has failed, and good example has failed, or rather I should say, 
with, concurrently with all three of those things, always pray like this about your family members. Mary, I consecrate mom to your immaculate heart. Or Mary, I consecrate Ryan to your immaculate heart. Or Mary, I consecrate Sarah to your immaculate heart. Keep giving your family members, whether they're living good Catholic lives or living pagan lives, keep giving these family members to Mary. Because as I said earlier, at Cana, we saw Mary come to Jesus begging a favor, saying, they have no wine, referring to a newly married couple. Jesus will not say no to his own mother 2,000 years ago, and the same is true today. But we must mean this and pray with all of our hearts in grace. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.